the alternative stories and fake realities podcast audio drama poetry fiction You're listening to the Alternative Stories and Fake Realities podcast. In the second podcast of Series 3, we bring you poetry from Maria Taylor and her new collection, Dressing for the Afterlife, which is published by Nine Arches Press. You'll hear from Maria in a short interview and from readers Mary Claire Wood, Tiffany Clare, Phoebe Holmes and Nadia Winneboyan. The presenter for this edition is me, Holly Sangster. Later in the podcast, we'll have news of a couple of forthcoming editions of the podcast, including our exciting new collaboration audio drama project, Hairspell. But first, Dressing for the Afterlife by Maria Taylor. Maria Taylor is a British Cypriot poet, critic and reviewer, who has been highly commended in the Forward Prizes for Poetry 2020 and published in the Rialto, Magma and the TLS, among other publications. Her debut collection of poetry, Melancrini, was shortlisted for the Michael Murphy Memorial Prize and her poetry featured in the Penguin Anthology, The Poetry of Sex, edited by Sophie Hanna. She has a pamphlet, Instructions for Making Me, 2016, and is also the creator of Poetry Bingo, a quirky set of cards which are part game and part concrete poem, both from happenstance. She is a lecturer at De Montfort University and also a keen runner and walker and lives in Leicestershire. To dress for the afterlife, step into the precise moment you ended a former existence and zip yourself into the unknown. Choose a wedding outfit, a pair of overalls, an invisibility cloak or the national dress of a country you have never visited before. This is how you must learn to breathe again. Prologue, read by Marie Claire Wood. This is And Then I Reconsidered Prayer, read by Tiffany Clare. since my Kyrie eleison, or the cross performed with three digits over skulls, stomach and shoulders. In summer, I went back to the chapel in my father's austere village, thinking it was ironic that Saint Minas resembled Frank O'Hara so perfectly. 
I lit Frank a candle and prayed at an altar of two-headed golden eagles to Our Lady of Infinite Hangovers, to the patron saint of Citalopram, and the holy trinity of vodka, aging, and insomnia. When the young priest entered, he was so kind that I almost thought it was okay to be me. If I kept quiet, I could be part of the stone. Once a drunk in a dingy Soho pub mistook the moon I keep on a silver chain around my neck for St. Christopher. I told God about it. I lit another flame for those who journey alone, for the penitent and for the lost. Read by Nadia Winner-Boyan Our children are only a blueprint We imagine their milky bodies flickering in a sonogram We unpack our cases And they are hiding under our crisp bed in the hotel the sun sinks into a cocktail glass. Mao's the Spanish word for blood. Think out loud. There will be so many things to learn. Drink one guilty mouthful. Let the bubbles fizz between your teeth. Mark this occasion of knowing in silence. You no longer recognize the tilted face on the curve of your glass. poem is called. And there she was in the shrunken apartment like Joan Crawford, toy dog on her lap, and it's read by Mary Claire Wood. But there's armour in glamour, a mirror's feisty glare of brow and lips, A shield of heavy floral scent, ardour in her gestures, waiting for the non-existent cool, and stylish torpor on a sterile afternoon. Amen to the small bronze men with twenty-four carat soles. They prop open doors where joy might cat-sneak in. The twentieth century invented the microwave for your solitary meals. Hide Russian water in your flask. Here, new and improved women read scripts meant for you. A memory of fat cigar-smelling fingers. Brown trails on your porcelain neck. Ghosts of, stick with me, kid. I'll get you in the movies. Should it ring, let the phone ring. Let it ring. Shut the bedroom door. We'll meditate on diamonds. Our best friends... Wear an expensive yoke from Tiffany's. Remember May's words? 
Hey, Beulah, peel me a grape. There isn't a man in the world worth getting lines over. A teardrop pendant sliding over heart or breast, depending on the beholder's eye. Hi, I'm Maria Taylor, a British Cypriot poet living in Leicestershire. I was born in Worksop, but raised in London. My second collection is Dressing for the Afterlife, published by Nine Arches Press on September the 10th. Do your Cypriot roots manifest themselves in these poems? And if they do, how have you used them to colour the imagery and language in your work? I don't set out to write poems about my Cypriot heritage. They just literally bob up in my consciousness. It's more than just a theme, it's part of who I am. Not all of the poems deal with my cultural identity. I know some poets can make a whole collection from this theme. But what I seem to try and do is explore identity from many viewpoints. Um, Sometimes it's cultural, sometimes it's gender-based, and sometimes, to be honest, it's just completely fictional. Every Saturday... Our dance teacher looks up to the god in the light bulbs and silently prays our trainers turn into red shoes. Amen. We're not ballerinas. We're looping in circles and getting nowhere, mostly anti-clockwise, making vines out of arms and legs. We dance to learn about a part of ourselves books can't teach. It's what our parents expect. If we hop on a wrong note, a bear will eat us. We're learning the steps of old island lives. Hasabigo, Calamatiano, Sifto, a dragging dance where you're carried along by the wrists. We leap like salmon, trying to catch scent of home as music pours through speakers like flood and our bodies vibrate with the boom. Still, there we go again, tripping up making shoddy exes with feet that want to place themselves on an invisible map. Learning the Steps, read by Tiffany Clare. Dressing for the Afterlife seems to contain many different styles, voices and tones making it a really diverse and rewarding read. Are the voices mostly yours or are the poems voiced by characters you've invented? I love playing around with different voices and over time I seem to build up a collection of these different voices and characters in my poems. Some of it is me perhaps, but to be honest, again, a lot of it isn't. Poetry is as flexible with the truth as fiction is. When I write these poems, there are poems where I write about film stars or women in asylums. I'm certainly neither of those. These aren't me. But I think that by adapting different voices, you can approach the truth a little differently, maybe. On the 1st of January, I threw away my smartphone and wrote a letter to my beau in swirling ink. I bobbed my hair wore a cloche hat and shimmied right into town for juleps. I became Clara. I became Louise. When I became a vamp, the boys fell dead at my feet. I threw petals over their heads. 
I dined on prosperity sandwiches and sidecars, leaving restaurants with a sugar-rimmed mouth. In summer, I was a night-blooming flower. By autumn, I was a hangover. Winter made me a Wall Street crash. Talking pictures were my ruin. At last, I had a voice, but no one wanted to hear. Forgotten sisters. Oh, Vilma. Oh, Norma. Oh, May. A musty headdress of peacock feathers. Defiant silence. I began the 2020s as a silent film goddess, read by Mary Claire Wood. Time and its passing are themes that recur a good deal through these poems. How has ageing influenced your writing and the characters in your poems? There was a review recently by Emily of my book, which said that there was a running theme in the collection of trying to be the best version of yourself. It took me by surprise because I hadn't really looked at the poems that way and thought there was quite a lot of truth in that. Maybe there is a stage in life, or maybe it's most stages of life from being a teenager onwards, where you feel pressurised to fulfil so many roles in your life. Women often have the pressure of needing to be good mothers, good workers, to make themselves physically desirable, and so on. Some of the poems in Dressing for the Afterlife are pretty much about having a chance to stand still and gain some perspective on these roles. Sometimes these can be funny, but sometimes these perspectives can be quite serious as well. What it was like. When the stranger's baby cries, my body remembers the shrill, tuneless song of need. It remembers endless nights of cat and dog rain. It remembers our road falling asleep as we forgot to remember us. That summer, clothes stopped remembering to fit. We'd look through thin curtains and remember the sun, mimicked by sodium light. I remember the feel of warm, sleep-suited limbs still breathe in their powdery smell. The stranger I used to be lives in the present tense now. The baby fidgets on her chest like a rabbit. Then he's calm. His blue eyes gnaw on me for a moment till his head's at rest. The frail, dreaming head of infancy that only knows a need for love and milk that won't remember any of this. A number of these poems are laugh-out-loud funny, whilst others have a potential to provoke tears. Do you sit down with the intention of writing a funny one or a sad one? Or does the character emerge as you write? I never, ever plan to write a funny poem or a serious one. They just have to happen. And to be good, I think they have to have a life of their own. Um, What does tend to happen, though, is if I write a run of more serious poems... I want to prepare myself and clear a space for a more light-hearted one. And certainly the truth is also vice versa as well. I want to maintain that varied tone in my poems and certainly have both of those types. 
Ophelia is read by Phoebe Holmes. He longs to pose her under a weeping tree and see her amber hair coil under water. He tracks desire with maps on his phone anywhere he catches the scent of her flowers. Ophelia is his. Today she's a mystery he finds it impossible to capture her tint. She's blocked him three times. He paints over his errors with a catfished face. He imagines kissing her open mouth. Ophelia, motionless in her beaded dress. He paints grasses of yellow and Prussian blue beyond her lifeless grasp. A floral noose of withered violets, his artistic tributes of poppies, forget-me-nots, her rigid hands. He will tell her she was to blame, the stagnant water so cold around her neck. A few years ago, I watched a programme about the old British asylum system hosted by Al Murray, where he did some research into his distant relative, Laura Stephen, the half-sister of the well-known Virginia Woolf. Woolf greatly disapproved of Laura, as did her new family. Laura, who probably had what we would now define as autism, was put into an asylum in her 20s for the rest of her life. Virginia Woolf, of course, killed herself by filling her pockets with stones and walking into the River Ouse. She had a parallel life to her half-sister. I wanted to imagine what Laura might have wanted to say to Virginia in my poem, The Floating Woman. The Floating Woman Sister Since I stopped living for you, I've heard of your passing. You filled your pockets with stones and returned to water. I am much improved. I don't spit or throw scissors into the fire. I don't stammer as I no longer speak. But I sing, sister. When nurses bathe me, they pour rivers over my head. I think of you, how every word turned into water. You wrote we were eight, though you never named me. I am absent in our family portraits, but I am here. Your lost footsteps echo. I do not have a room but corridors. Walk here, sister. I will startle you with my linen wings.
The Floating Woman was read by Phoebe Holmes. Thank you to Maria Taylor and Nine Arches Press for allowing us to work with these poems. We would like to offer our congratulations to Maria for being highly commended by the judges of the Forward Prizes for Poetry. If this podcast has whetted your appetite to read more by Maria Taylor, you can buy Dressing for the Afterlife directly from Nine Arches Press at www.ninearchespress.com. We'll post links in our show notes for this podcast. Our readers have been Mary Claire Wood, Tiffany Clare, Phoebe Holmes and Nadia Winnerboyan. Music, sound design and soundscapes were by Chris Gregory. Sound effects were from freesound.org and the presenter has been me, Holly Sangster. The producer was Chris Gregory. This has been an Alternative Stories 2020 production from the Alternative Stories and Fake Realities podcast. Here's Kelly Winkler to tell you about some forthcoming content on Alternative Stories and Fake Realities. Next week, we'll be bringing you Hairspell, our first audio drama of season three, and perhaps the most ambitious audio drama we've ever attempted. Our writing team includes poet and short story writer, Sarah Colino, renowned fantasy writer, Terry Winling, another poet, Sarah Husketh, who is also the managing editor of Modern Poetry in Translation magazine, and Faye Heald, folk singer, songwriter, and folklorist. The drama is inspired by two songs from Faye's new album, Rackline, which is out on 11th of September. The whole album has the theme of magical animals from folk tales and legends. And our story is based on the folklore and mythology of hares, as described in the songs Hairspell and When She Comes. Hairspell will also feature music from Scottish multi-instrumentalist and composer Inga Thompson, as well as from Faye Heald herself with a cast led by National Theatre actress Amy Forrest and including Stevie Skinner, Nadia Wynne-Abullion, Sarah Golding, and Marie Claire Wood. The story begins with a mysterious letter sent to three women. The note invites the women to Dartmoor, a wild moorland region in the county of Devon in the southwest of England, to meet the mysterious Sally Whitehorn. She has promised to help them enhance their knowledge of hares and to reveal secrets about them they couldn't possibly gain in any other way. There's a chill in the air when I wake this morning. Summer will be over soon. The hedgerows are full with fruit, blackberries, rose hips, rowan. Won't be long before the bracken shifts from green to gold. When she comes, she comes like wine. Flooding my veins with her roses And when she calls It starts with a letter As stories rarely do these days It was sent to three of us Me, Catherine and Ealing My name's Molly Briggs Folk singer, folklorist Believer in weirdness and the sublimely odd. Dark, unmistakable silhouette of a hair. Catching my eyes, it reached the top of the pile. And so I replied, of course. An address in Devon, a name I found only sketchy reference to when I spent an hour googling and flicking through online journals. How did she find me? Who is she? 
A woman who says she can turn into a hare. Righto, sure. You and I both know that science doesn't have all the answers, but let's assume it's not true. That she should go to all this trouble for something this mad. But why bother? Why bother being crazy and writing weird letters to people she doesn't even know? I dare you. Oh, this will truly be the most breathtaking, wonderful, awe-inspiring night of your life. <sighs> Put aside the turning into a hair thing, just for a minute. Oh yeah, just put that aside. I mean, look, local knowledge, right? Folk wisdom, local traditions, weather patterns. What's the worst that happens? You will have it forever as a memory. And your work will become stellar. What is this? Some challenge and my work will become stellar. It's not too shabby already, thank you. Call it a challenge, call it a gift. Whatever you want it to be, but oh, don't miss it. Don't miss it, whatever you do. I shall go into, go into a hat with sorrow, sigh, and mimical I shall go. It certainly sounds like an adventure, but is there a catch? Find out by subscribing to Alternative Stories and Fake Realities and listen to Hairspell, which will be out on 18th of September. Rackline, the album, is released by Topic Records and Proper Music Distribution. And we'll post links in the show notes for this podcast so you can buy it. Also in Season 3, we'll be bringing you new magical realist fiction by Tack Erzinger. And we'll be introducing a new writer as we feature Edinburgh-based author Lindsay Kroll. Following our podcast with Phoebe Stooks and Maria Taylor... We'll also have some anthology poetry editions, including one featuring work from poets published by Nine Arches Press. Also, in our autumn season, we'll be bringing you the first three parts of Black Box, a science fiction drama based on the novel by British writer Kevin Mannering. And we'll have more science fiction from Emily Inkpin in another story featuring characters from The Bomb, which we brought to you in July. Finally, please look out for writer prompts and ways in which you'll be able to contribute to the podcast. Follow us on social media to learn more. Please join us next time on Alternative Stories and Fake Realities. The Alternative Stories and Fake Realities podcast. Audio drama, poetry, fiction.